Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience revelatory teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Welcome to another week of ABCs of Apostleship to Discipling Apostolic Christians. What does it truly mean to be apostolic? And what does it really mean to be scripturally organic and culturally unmodified? Well, I'm really glad you asked because I was thinking about this very thing today, especially as a prophet and working with our prophetic company and how easily you can be influenced by culture. And God was just really speaking with me about the uh, subtle ways that cultural modification can creep into the prophet's mantle, particularly when we're disconnected from our prophetic roots. And Dr. Price and I were also having a discussion about that earlier today and how you can get an instruction from God that is totally scripture, completely done it before, like a hundred times, in a magnanimous or subtle way, and you will talk yourself right out of it. Why? Because of what culture is telling you will work or what culture is telling you is normal or abnormal. And I was just thinking about that. Uh, last week on the broadcast, on our Tuesday night broadcast, Dr. Price made a statement where she said, when God says go on earth, it means he's done it in heaven. And as a prophet, as an apostolic Christian, as an apostle in training, as all these things that are appropriate and accurate right now, is you have to accept that when God says something is uh, done here, it's because it's already done in heaven. And the importance of moving with what he says to move with, and when he says go, go, because he's already mobilized the forces of heaven to uh, make that thing happen. Or when he says stop, stop, because guess what? He called the power home. Guys, time to come home. <laughs> you know, the, it, it's over, and it's time to come home. And she said that the Holy Ghost performs by God's word, which is essential because if you don't know God's word and you don't know the Holy Ghost, then you really don't know what you're doing or what you're praying. And that sounds almost like too basic, but how easy is it to really pray amiss? Well, if you're not really sure what the will of the Lord is and you're not sure how the Lord works with the Holy Spirit, it's very easy to get off because you're really actually not starting from a place of accuracy. So I was blown away by that in my prophetic meditations and studies and contemplations and revisiting Joshua and how ridiculous it could have been to say, really, we have to walk around in silence? I mean, we are marching around the biggest, baddest thing we have going here, and you're telling us to be quiet and to walk around and then to shout. To shout, not war, not to shout. Okay. And what would have happened? How different would that account have been if Joshua didn't believe, if he allowed himself to be talked out of what God had really said, if it swayed a different way? What would have happened? We would have had another Moses situation where God is like, I'm here today. And I can imagine Joshua having lived that moment 
obviously, because she was with Moses, saying, not on my watch. Because, <laughs> see, when God gives instructions, we all going to do it the way he said, because it can be very destructive and end very badly uh, when, uh, whenever he says to do something and we don't do it according to how. So those are some of my thoughts on being scripturally organic and culturally unmodified and the subtle ways that you veer off of your scriptural organic roots, accountability system, guardrails. I mean, the organics of scripture have so many dynamics. That, they, that can play out, so much diversity, so much application to them, the wisdom that you can pull out of it, which is what the uh, ministry assessment questionnaire also pinpoints. If you have the ability to discern and apply God's uh, spiritual wisdom in action in ministry or not, and do you know what to do with that? <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it's true, and it plays out in so many subtle and not so subtle ways. And that's my sponsored commentary on being scripturally organic, culturally unmodified, and how that can just wreck you if you really are not aware of just how subtly it happens. Because I think a lot of times we think, oh, yeah, I mean, I don't go to clubs, and I don't do this, and I don't do that, so I know that I'm not as modified by culture Mm -hmm. and uh, scripturally inorganic. Mm -hmm. Scripturally inorganic. I'm loving it, loving it. You know, I, um, I I appreciate the fruit that God has given me, and you all have been just faithful, faithful Christians, faithful trainees, etc. And I'm grateful for that because you know, this uh, today actually I was working on because you know we have a organic Sunday, organic Sunday. All right. Um, <laughs> we have our organic Sunday. Yeah. And so, uh huh. So as a result. I have been putting in, you know, the work, you know, getting ready for the presentation because we're going to start unpacking cultural Christianity. We're going to start unveiling it because sometimes, as you ended your commentary, um, the truth is sometimes people think that they are, I'm okay with God, God's okay with me. And because people think God is meddlesome and that he's finicky or picky or, or, you know, hot-tempered or has a hair-trigger temper, they don't reconcile that God is the Almighty. He's our personal Savior because he's in our person. Not because he's our valet? Ah, shitty both. And not because he is a member of our society. And, okay, because we treat that, you know, treat it the same. You know, when you ask people, well, Jesus is my personal Savior, and then I, and if you ask them, well, what does that mean? So let me just give you the quick answer, the short answer. It means he's in your person, in person. It doesn't mean you control him. It doesn't mean you manipulate him. It doesn't mean you're the shot caller. It doesn't mean any of those things. And because you think that anything in your person is under your domain and under your offices, you feel you control Jesus Christ, then you don't. Now, because God is in your person, a measure of him, a measure. You don't have the whole of the God of creation because if you did, then you'd be the God of creation. So you don't have the whole of him. You have a measure of him. You have a cell. You know, you start with a germ, a seed, a cell. And then from that, you move on. God grows up in you. But the more God grows up in you, the less control you have. 
See, because, you know, you can do a lot with the seed, but when it turns into a tree, it takes a little more to deal with it. And so you, you can do a lot with, the, with an embryo, but when it turns into an adult, a whole set of rules apply. So the more God, Jesus Christ, grows up in you as his vessel, the more he's in control and the less control you have. And because he so fuses with your personhood, remember we're still on the person thing, because he fuses with your personhood in your mind you think you control him, but that fusion is giving God more and more influence over you, and that influence becomes more and more subtle. It becomes less overt because you, the two become one. And as the two become one, then Jesus begins to move and guide you without a whole lot of words, without a whole lot of talk. You know, actually, we were, we, we were away this weekend. First of all, I just want to definitely thank Apostle Barbara and uh, in Shreveport, well, I'm going to say Shreveport because that's what I know, okay, <laughs> Bossier City, City, Louisiana, and the church, a voice crying in the wilderness, and all of the other ministers and pastors who joined her and supported what she was doing. We had a great time. But I had an opportunity then, actually, if you'll remember, we talked about prophecy just a little bit. You know, I prophesied. But I'll be honest with you, I don't prophesy a lot. I'll tell you right now, I am not the church to come to for a prophecy test. And you address that. In fact, my members could go a long time without prophecy from me. And you know what they do there? They get prayer, they get teaching and doctrine, they get counsel and wisdom. And when they get the full package, you need less of that spontaneous, predictive interventional stuff from God. God literally begins to move through what he's delegated me to give his sheep. So I don't, they don't get a lot of prophecy, but I know that the body of Christ has become prophecy dependent and prophecy addicted. Now, I wish I could call it prophecy, but it really isn't. I've been with the Lord, and I've been very intimate with God for, since 1982. I've done books, 300, 400, 500, 600 page books from him, that are his, all based on his work. And if you can get, I've gotten, I can honestly say I probably have put in print somewhere around maybe 100,000, maybe, 100, maybe more than that, maybe a half million words from God in all of the writings that I've done, literally. And uh, as a result, I can tell you, God's not as chatty as you all think he is. Now, let me tell you why I have a problem with prophecy churches that rest on prophecy. I, have a, I absolutely adore prophetic churches. Prophecy churches, and you should know there's a difference, very, very, very destabilizing to the body of Christ. So I have prophets, and they do a lot of things, and they don't prophesy as much either. Because I don't have prophecy fed. We, we're not going to just run around and circumvent the wisdom of God, circumvent the logic of God, circumvent the will of God, the righteousness of God, the holiness of God, the destiny of God, for you to have some sort of um, wonderful party slinging what you say is the word of the Lord. Now, I'm telling you, because there are a lot of you who will listen to me, you are prophets over churches, and you have prophetic churches, and you need to know what they do outside of prophesying. 
because God doesn't chat that much. I mean, think about it. We have what they call the time Samuel. The word of God was rare in those days. People were going crazy. What does the Lord say? You know, did they have periods where God just wasn't saying anything? And then you have periods where God was speaking to a certain few or only speaking on a specific issue. Now, we're going to talk about this on prophetic ed, but I feel led of the Lord today, um, actually I feel impressed of the Lord, to tell you God is not that chatty. I have been dealing with people, and I look at them, and I see prophecies, prophecies, nothing but a bunch of prophecies all over their being, all over their person. They are locked in confusion. They cannot obey God. They can't read the scriptures for themselves because all of those words are constantly speaking into them because words have life and they have spirit. They, the purpose of the words being living is that they etch themselves in your memory and they etch themselves in your recall. So you, they, they have to do that. That's why words are earned or read because they have to do something. And I'm, I said to, the, to them, God is not a prophecy center. God is the sovereign of creation. He has written a book on every life. He has time-coded it. He has generation-coded it. He has event-coded it. His words are coded, and they're not coded to, to come to pass just because a prophet has nothing to say or wants to look good in front of a crowd. That is not how it works. So many of your lives are bound up, tied up, yoked up, set back, set down, and I can go on, simply because you have too much prophecy in your soul. And the purpose of prophecy is for, the, for God to bring his word to pass. And if he's giving you a jumble of words, guess what will not happen? You won't know how to prioritize. You won't. How did this happen? See, Chrissy buttoned in at the wrong time. <laughs> so you don't know how to prioritize. You don't know how to go forward in your life. You don't know what to, what to do. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.